Welcome to the Bottom Shelf Leadership Podcast, a ministry of Lindsay Lane Baptist Church, where we sit down with small town leaders who are making big time impact. Hey, welcome in. I am your host, Heath Haney, pastor of Lindsay Lane's East Campus, joined by my two great friends and fellow pastors, Alan Ostrisky, pastor of our North Campus, and Andy John, uh, pastor of our Athens Campus, and our lead pastor. Uh, so, man, we've got a great guest today that we're excited to introduce you to, if you're not familiar with him. Uh, Alan, you want to tell us a little bit about our special guest today? Yeah, with us today, man, is, is a friend to all of us around the table, uh, is Chuck Robinson. He is the owner of All Star Plumbing, and uh, man, they uh, God has done some amazing things in the history of, of that business, and of course, he's got connection with us as well because he's the son-in-law, the illustrious son-in-law. The no, all the illustrious, all the sermon, <laughs> at least all the sermon illustrations we've heard, the stories yeah. we've heard uh, from Dusty Mclemore, who was the former uh, pastor emeritus here at uh, Lindsey Lane, uh, at Lindsey Lane Baptist Church. So, Chuck, man, it's great yeah. to have you, brother. Guys, it's great to be here. I'm excited to share with y'all what God's done in my life and about my business and how He's blessed us and you know things that are. In the past and some future stuff too, so yeah. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Hey, so we want to start simply by giving everybody just a feel, Alan's old name, title, and father-in-law, but that's all yeah. we've covered yeah. so far. <laughs> yeah. So walk us through a little bit what role you currently serve in, like uh, how many folks you would directly oversee, day-to-day yeah. responsibilities of the job. Yeah, like Alan said, you know, I'm the owner of All-Star Plumbers is at Athens, Alabama, you know, uh, and just my personal background, you know, I was born and raised in Athens. I did marry uh, Haley. It's my awesome wife. Uh, we have four great kids and actually one grand uh, grandbaby. She'll be two in November. But um, you know, we we're a local plumbing company. You know, we uh, we right now we currently employ 105 uh, different individuals. Uh, we call them team members at All Star Plumbers, uh, not necessarily employees uh, per se, but we're all team members. We all are are, are there for a specific job, and we we get you know do our jobs. And uh, but uh, we uh, don't just employ plumbers. You know, of course, we have a pretty big facility. We have uh, warehouse facility. We have maintenance facilities. We have office, of course, uh, facilities and stuff like that. So. Uh, yes, plumbing is what we do, and it is the trade that we're in, but uh, we uh, are a full facet line. You know, we call ourselves uh, a, a full corporation, you know, uh, uh, what we work in. So That's awesome. Uh, so we always like to ask this question. What was the first job you ever had? First job I ever had, I, I was dropped off when I was 14 years old at a little sewing factory. It was right across the street from Athens State College. It was called Aztec Sewing Factory. They made T-shirts. And so that's how I got my working career uh, started, I guess you'd say. My mom worked there during the day. Uh, She was a seamstress, sewed T-shirts. And uh, my job was to... uh, after everybody was going on, I was the only one there in the whole building. And this was a, I mean, it was a haunted house type warehouse <laughs> with a facility. And it was yeah, right yeah. behind the cemetery. I don't know if you've ever been oh, there. Right. You know that what cemetery yeah, is up right. there. You can imagine being up there like in the wee hours of the night, you know, and all the stuff you'd hear at 14, 15 years old. But I swept swept up all the extra fabric that was left in the floor that they'd cut out the patterns and stuff like yeah, that. That's yeah. where I started at. That's just, Aztecs. I never forget it. Oh, that's awesome. Forget it. Uh, and so I know they didn't. It didn't. It didn't jump from there to where you are. No, no, and so, no not at all. Not so at all. If I may, what was the uh, 
like if you're at 14, what were they paying you at 14 to do? I that? made first <laughs> the first year, the first time I was, you know, when I got started was 185 an hour. Goodness, yeah. I made a dollar and 85 cents an hour. Work a haunted yeah, I think my hours were like uh, four in the afternoon till till ten o'clock at night. I picked up that, that, was, ha- that was hazard pay then. If you're uh, working next to the cemetery, yeah. I'm, just thinking, I'm just thinking you got like white t-shirts <laughs> hanging off hangers. I'm, I'm, like, I'm, hey, I'm getting chills thinking about it. You know, I built it by myself. You know, I mean, I ain't scared of much of nothing. You know, yeah. but uh, when I'm 14, 15 years old, I was pretty scared, and I you had to take the fabric outside. And dumping into the dumpster off the loading dock, and buddy, I'd open that door up and dump that fabric so fast and shut that door. Be back in before the door closed. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, it's it's strange, you know. I, yeah, I, God blessed me with a worth with with a work ethic. Uh, I've got a work ethic. He just, you know, grace with ability to work and see things, you know, uh, how maybe what they should be or what they're going to be even before they're there. Uh, and, of course, as we talk to this podcast, we'll, we'll hear a lot of that stuff, you know, a lot of the – even a lot of the sermons that, you know, I, I sat on a Brother Dusty for, you know, 28 years and, you know, the messages that was to the church, you know, how you can apply those. I mean, they're for your life. And, and, right. and you know, you know, Dusty talked about, you know, many times, you know, um, having a vision, you know, and, and you got to see it. Before you see it or you'll never see it and and I you know I, I kind of have that in my life with with work and with business I'm able to kind of you know get a visual from God I, I think you know I mean just all kind of little stuff like that through the different jobs that I've had over the years uh, leading up to where I'm at today uh, in leadership so I with that our you know our podcast is called bottom shelf leadership because we are uh Small town leaders, big time impact. And when we talk about, you know, where we were and where we are today, or what God has done over our lifetime, um, sometimes you can you can put uh, quotes on it to death. You can talk about strategies to death. You can talk about, you know, well here here's how I climb the ladder, or whatever. But you know, if if you're a believer, then it, it really goes back to a simple and serious. I believe God's leading me. You know what I mean, and that that to me is bottom shelf. It's top shelf the same. Um, and, and if I hear you right, it's been a faith journey the whole way. Oh yeah, it's a hundred hundred percent correct. You know, I mean, it, it. You know, you talk about it like our salvation. You know, it's just it's like it's free gifts, easy, right? You just gotta believe, accept, and believe. You know, so much of what you do or what I do, am I? You know, you try to explain it, and it just. I mean, well, that's just too easy, man. Yeah, I mean it's just too easy, you know. Well, I mean, it's just it's it's pretty cut and dry. I mean, back when we were, you know, struggling to find help, or even now when we try to find help, we just pray about it. God, just bring us some people. Yeah. Bring us some people. Right. I mean, you know, you can put on the job fairs, and and of course God gives me, you know, all those directions to go. You know, like we just, you know, partner with uh, North Alabama Home Builder Academy over in Huntsville. And they have a training facility where they bring people in and they and they, they chill on the different trades. It's, it's a small introduction level type stuff, but they have a job fair. We've never been to a job fair before. We've never really had to. But God just said, hey, man, you know, check out this job fair. And we're like, well, how did he say it? Well, I got an email from him, and he spoke to me, and then I went over and, and we, we picked up four or five people, and they're, they're, they're good people. And the, the key thing... 
that I tell everybody that works with us, the key thing is I want you to be where God wants you to be. If God wants you to be with all-star plumbers, that's where I want you to be. But if God don't want you here, if maybe it's a stepping stone or if he's got somewhere you're headed toward that, man, that's just what I want you to be. And, and you know, I think about how I operate uh, and as far as a business aspect. And, I mean, it's to me, it's just faith-based. Mm. I mean, it's all faith-based. Yeah. I mean, the stuff that I say and the stuff that I do, if you went to some business administrative college and they wanted to tell you how to do business, they'd say that I was crazy, <laughs> the stuff that I do. <laughs> stuff that we do in faith, you know, to the world seems crazy. But if you're a believer and you know that God's in control, and I mean, I got so many stories to tell you about that in my life. Uh, if you believe that God's in control, then He's in control of everything. Yeah. I mean, everything. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's faith based. It's good. So tell, so tell us then the, the story of where, why you felt like God was leading you to start this company and kind of from the, the very beginning to, to, to where you are now? Oh, it's a crazy, it's a crazy journey, but uh, really when you got four kids, a wife doesn't work and she's at home, you got a brand new house payment, you get laid off from your job, you don't leave you much choices. But <laughs> <laughs> you got to do something, yeah, right? Yeah. But no, exactly. What, what happens, you know, I had a great job at Steelcase. My father-in-law, Dusty, worked at Steelcase when he was bivocational, and we had just got married, and he got me on a Steelcase. And, and I was able to progress really good there. I mean, it was an office furniture manufacturing facility, a great great company to work for. Actually, it was the company to work for in Limestone County if you didn't want to go to college. I mean, everybody wanted to work at Steelcase. You know, it was a great company. So that's where I went to work, started night shift like everybody. But I just had a knack of you know, being able to run production, you know, being able to do it with a certain speed and a certain, you know, cut, wouldn't say cut corners as far as cheating, just, you know, I would, I could, I could run a machine and I'd have that machine ready for the next part while I was finishing the part I was on. It was just, I was just had a good technique and God just blessed me with the ability to use my hands in that way. And so I had progressed, you know, pretty high up, pretty quick, got to day shift and running a really good job as a job setter, kind of passed by a lot of guys with some seniority, not meaning to. I mean, that, again, it was just a matter I wanted to provide for my family. That's just the bottom line. Uh, so I'm sitting there, man, and I'm walking in this place every day, and it's just great company, good people, good job. But, man, it felt like I was just in work release. I mean, I just – I just – and I, and I just I prayed for years. God, man, I just got to get out of here. And don't know why I got to get out of here. I just got to get out of here. It's just something about it. you know when y'all guys got the call. Or, you know what to do what you're doing here. You know you just get man, you just something inside. You know you got something different. And he got me out of there. All right, I got laid off. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, with that being said, you know I, I I had I had dabbled in some plumbing with a friend of mine. Uh, on the side trying to make extra money, you know, because, you know, everybody wants to, you know, provide a little bit better, you know, than we had. And so I was doing it on the side. And so when I got laid off and we just went to work together full time and through the course of different things, transactions, you know, happening and praying about it. And, of course, this was right after 9-11, you know, so we didn't really understand, you know, I mean, this is actually, you know, the fall of 9-11 uh, when September 20, 2001. 
Um, so my, my, I just, you know, I didn't want to quit still case. I was just going to take the layoff. And uh, so, but I was prayed about it and talked to my father-in-law about it. And, you know, he's my pastor too, right? So that's when he, you know, man, you, know, you, need, you probably need to wait, you know, this, see what this 9-11 stuff's going to do. I said, okay, okay. Lo and behold, I went to my mailbox one evening, and uh, and and they said, "Hey, you know, you got to come back to work this date." And I got a call from Human Resources, and they said, "Hey, uh, you need you to come down here into Human Resources office, and we need you to pick your job on night shift. Uh, when you come back, you're going to go back to nights, and you got a lot of seniority, so you need to find it. You know, make sure you get a good job." And I was like, "Man." I got a five-year-old who's fishing to start playing t-ball, and I mean, I, I I'm not going back to night shift, and uh, and so they said, well, we can give you a an involuntary layoff or a voluntary layoff, where you can go ahead and stay off for another six months, and then you you know see what happens. You can come back then. So I said, I'll take that. So I took that, which which kind of got me past that that end of the year. 2001 going to 2002 so we could kind of see what was going to happen mm-hmm. so that during that short time frame man man this, this man my friend we just blew up we just we man we just, just covered up with work and all this and so when my time to go back i just said hey uh i'm not coming back i'm just gonna get my 401k my little ten thousand dollars in my 401k and i'm gone and uh, i took that 10 grand and i went down to birmingham and i bought my personal work truck and I loaded it up with toes and then he had his truck and his toes and we went partnership and uh, we stayed in a partnership till 2007 and in 2007 just in, in a, just a different um, I don't know business you know decisions and you know directions and stuff like that we decided to to split up uh, the company and he took his half I took my half and uh, so 2007 was the official start of all-star plumbers it's been a, unbelievable. I'm telling you, I mean, good night. It's just God is good. I mean, so so, all right. You mentioned this earlier too. You're working. You're having to do a lot yourself. You're relying on yourself. You know that that's part of it too. You you've gone into a partnership, and now, you know y'all. Uh, now All Star starts, and you're you're with the lead. How do you talk about how you? you have to hand that off. Like you, you're not able to do everything. You know, I, mm. <laughs> uh, I, I know that you still, you know, when I've talked to Chuck individually, I know you're still on a work crew, oh, I yeah. think mm-hmm. every yeah, day, which is a lesson in itself, by the way, yeah. but, but you can't do everything and you have to entrust that to others. Yeah. Talk about how do you get to that point where you've got to pass some of those things off and what that looks like? Well, I got a definite date of when that happened. Um, 2013 is when it happened to me. I ran for six years um, doing it all. Um, had a lot of people. We had, In 2013, we probably had 40, 50 people, I guess, work for us. And, uh, you know, we, we uh, work every day, get home, get to the office at night, and I get kind of choked up because this means a lot to me, and this is – a very important part of my company and what we've done at All Star Plumbers in my life and what, what God showed me, and it's real. 2013, going to work every day, working on a crew like I am today and out there and then going back to the office and, man, checking the books and making sure everything was right and doing this and doing that and checking this guy's stuff and looking at this paperwork and 
it could about kill me. Mm. I, I, I got to the point, man, I lost a lot of weight, was just stressed out to the max, went to the doctor and, you know, started having anxiety attacks and, you know, just all kinds of just crazy stuff happening physically and mentally with my, with my body. And doctors, you know, pretty much said, hey, man, you're not going to make it to 50 if you don't put somebody on the front lines, he said, "You guy, you can't, you can't continue to take this kind of uh, pace or this kind of uh, stress uh, of this this magnitude. You know, you just can't do it." And there's a physical aspect to all of that through the doctors and stuff, but there's a there's a God aspect in all of this. And I, I, what happened with me is, you know, it was never about control as when I say control is I'm the man, it's my deal. I control it because it was never egotistical. Never. I can promise you before the Lord, never was any part of my mind of being egotistical about all-star plumbers or anything like that. For me, it was a fear factor. I wanted to make sure that nobody messed up. I wanted to make sure that everything we did was just there was all the I's were dotted, the T's were crossed, that everything was in line. So I went and I, I double-checked and micromanaged everybody under the disguise of I'm just trying to protect the company. Mm. But in my heart, what God revealed to me was this truth. Spoke to me plain as day. Chuck, you know, you prayed for me to bring these people in here. And you you asked me, you get, God, we need about five people. You know, we need to bring... And I brought these people in. But when I bring them here, you want to control every aspect of what they do. Mm-hmm. And instead of allowing me to work through them, you want to make sure, you know, I might have something that I need to teach them through a mistake, but you won't even allow them to make a mistake because you want to control everything. Mm-hmm. So through a battle with anxiety and Dealing with you know all that stuff, and basically that that's that's a whole another topic. Y'all have another podcast on it one day because it's a real deal in our right. in our society. Anxiety and stress and stuff, as far right. as you can't get away from it. And I got a great testimony about what God did through that. Uh, but it's like anything, man. You just surrender it to Him. Mm-hmm. Say, God, I'm done. I'm, I'm not gonna be it no more. And. You could go back and look at the QuickBooks or the financials on our business when I said, I'm not going to be that. I'm going to let you control it. It's yours anyway. I'm just, you just got me here as a steward. I'm just, I'm just blessed to be the man that you gave the, 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 you know, the, the, the position to own this place or to be the CEO, president, whatever you want to call me. But you, it's yours. And I'm going to allow you to work through your people that you brought here to do their jobs. And when I said and did that and surrendered that, our business absolutely catapulted. Unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. And you can go to any college or any university you want to go to and tell them that's well, that's the way we our business strategy, and they'd laugh you out of that place. But I can promise you there is nothing that I can point to other than surrendering control to God that allowed our business to grow like it's grown. Does that yeah, make sense? It does. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's, it's, that's the only thing I could, my work ethic, my abilities, the people there's abilities, that, that none of that changed. 
What changed? Well, the change was is we allowed God to come in and say, hey, you, you, you run to tell us where you want us to go, God. You allowed you, you know, do, do some things. And, man, it, it's been awesome. I mean, it has. Man, that's good stuff. That's really good stuff. Talk to, because we've, we've hinted about it. What does, what does a, your day look like in your involvement in the, in the company? Okay. Because I, I do believe that is unique. You are very unique yeah. in, that, yeah. in that role, and I'd love for people to hear it. Well, you know, I, I mean, I'm a plumber by trade. It's what I do. I mean, I love plumbing. I love the trade. I love the concept of working with my hands and creating something uh, and, and building. And, and, you know, what we do a lot of construction, so I'm involved in, in you know, uh, the schematics of, of doing a, a plumbing layout on a house or a building or whatever. But I, my, my foundation is just I like to, to run pipe. I just like to do it. It's just when I look back at it, it's just, man, I, you know, it's just something that not just anybody can do. And, I, I mean, I have, uh, you know, God bless me with the ability to be able to see a house and know how it should be plumbed before I ever drill the first hole or lay the first pipe or dig the first ditch. So, I, you know, through all of this, I mean, he's called me to be a business owner. Well, I'm like, God, I, I just want to be a plumber, you know? But, I mean, you got 105 people, somebody. But I've got a, a unique role at this point in time with it being the size we are. Uh, I've got a lot of great people. I mean, a lot of great people. And a lot of those people were they're business-minded people. I mean, they can do a computer spreadsheet and lay all that stuff. You know, I can't do that stuff. But they have the ability to do that. So I'll allow them to, you know, work and do what they do in the office and stuff. And and I get to go out and run a track every day on a crew. Um, I'm blessed that I, I do exactly what I love to do even though I own a business. And, I mean, again, if it all boils around to the fact that, you know, yeah, I own the place, and if you want to say whatever, you know, but, and I don't, I just, God just, he owns the business. I mean, I'm just running it, and I am I want to be sure that I'm a good steward of my talents and my abilities, and I don't want to be sitting in an office somewhere, and I, I consider it kind of vampiring your company, you know, you're, you're really, you know, you really, most part of the day, if you're in an office, I mean, depending on who it is, my trade, you know, my skill set, I'm more valuable to all-star plumbers if I'm out there utilizing the abilities that God gave me to be on a track hoe or be on out there cutting pipe. But that's got to that's gotta be the byproduct of that before the guys that you work with. Yeah. There's got it to is. be buy-in from, from those. When you, when you got the same dirt on your clothes that they got, it, it, talk about what it's that— It's significant. Yeah. I mean, it's significant. And, it, and again— you know, everybody can misconstrue. And y'all have to forgive me. I talk worse than Brother Dusty. Does. Oh, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. You can, you can, you can mistake what I do as man. He's just doing that so he, you know, kids, guys work hard. Oh, that's 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 fictitious, man. I work out there because I like it. I mean, people pay good money to go on Saturday and get mud all over them and stuff like that on a four-wheeler. Well, I get mud all over me every day, and I get paid to do it. <laughs> you know, I, I enjoy what I do. And, man, if you enjoy what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. So, yes, the byproduct is that I gain a lot of respect from my team members, the people, because they, they know that I'm in there that it, doing it just like they are. And you know, I, I you know I turned fifty this year, and I mean I, I feel like I got a few more left in me, you know. I mean, 
I know that yeah, I can watch those young guys and girls and and uh, I can see their pace, you know. And I'm like, wow, you know. I mean, I'm having to bend down before I get in a ditch, and they just haul off and jump in the ditch, you know. <laughs> so, but I mean, I feel like, and as long as I got a little bit more left in me, I'm gonna give it all I got, you know. Because if I can sit there and pr- contribute with my skill set. And I, I get tickled. I, I, all the meetings all the time, I tell them, you know, I'm the best track cooperator we got. Y'all need me out there. <laughs> uh, but if I can contribute and I can give to that, then, man, I could, that's just more money for everybody involved in the place. You know? Right. I mean, right. it's just more profitable versus me just sitting in an office, you know. And, and we got guys that sit in the office, and, and they're really good. But they, they do their job, and they have a job to do, and whether it be scheduling or whether it be estimating or whether it be whatever, you know. And and really, I mean, I can do it. I've done every job there, you know. Like I told you, 2013, I was doing them all at some, you know, phase or form of fashion. But, I mean, it's just allowing, get, you know, your company, whatever company that it is, to, to use their people's talents to maximize the organization. Um, and we got some good people that work in the office. And, you know, to be quite frank, you know, even on the crew that I work on every day, it's a four-man crew. I run the track code, and you got three other guys. One guy leads the, you know, the job, and the two other guys are, are uh, apprentices, and they, they, more, they run more of the pipe. The other guy more lays out the job. Uh, and that guy's my oldest son, Chase. I work with him every day. And... If a if a if a big dog comes up, you know, a construction manager, owner of a building company, or whatever, I mean, I play dumb. I mean, they come <laughs> up, and they, you know, they say, well, you know, they because I got gray hair, they want to ask me, you know, what about this one? I said, there's the lead man right there. You need to go talk to him. And then it might be a couple of days later they figure out who I really am, and they'll be like, well, I didn't know you own a company. I like, yeah, that's me. But I just try to keep a low profile, you know. Sure. I mean, so it's hey, so all good. Let me, man. let me ask you. Uh, so you uh, 109 employees, you said? We got 105 right 105, now. 105, yes, 105. So, um, Heath just hired four more for you there. Yes. Right? Yeah. Hey, yeah. I, yeah. Hey, if there's four, four more out there listening to this podcast and wants to work for public <laughs> you come on right on over there. We can use you. Uh, yeah. So hey, when you're when you're when you're hiring those, um, I don't know how how hands on you are yeah. with the hiring process, yeah. but yeah. outside of the basic skills that you're looking for, mm-hmm. what else are you looking for in an employee when you're hiring? Well, there, there's so much of of all star plumbers that's unique, you know, uh, and and hiring is one of them that's unique, you know. Back in the day, you know, I did all the hiring and all the firing and all that stuff. Up until probably we got to about fifty people, and man, it, it, that that spot is tough, uh, especially for somebody that's as personable as me. And you try to sew into your people, and you yeah. try to. You know, know who they are and and uh, just invest in them. Mm-hmm. So, you know that that caused us some problems. You know, I I had a tendency to to give maybe too many chances. I got you. You know, um, so I basically got a guy that hires and fires now. I, guess, yeah. <laughs> I, I was watching some reality TV shows, and a lot of those reality TV shows are about companies, you know. Yeah. And somebody watches, they watch them to watch the show. I watch them in my mind to get, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, get, get notes off of it, right? Well, I, I, this one particular show, and this was probably about five years ago, this one particular show I was watching, I noticed the, the owner, you know, like, well, I'll talk to the owner of the company, tells this person, I'll talk to the so and so and see if we can, you know, get you back or whatever. And I'm like, 
So I Googled it, you know, whatever. I looked up and I was like, you know, they, they actually have a human resources manager and, and they have a, that's their job of hiring and firing people. So I kind of got myself pushed. I got out of the way of that. Yeah. So that's one thing. But the second thing is, is, you know, you feel like, you know, being a plumbing company, we would hire plumbers. But we have a tendency and it's a, it's a high percentage of people that we hire are not plumbers. Uh, we just look for people that, you know, need a, need a, need a job first. You had to put it, they need a job, but that kind of, I don't know, man, that, that just have the skill set that we think that will fit in with our team as far as, you know, um, you know, personality trait, you know, just, just the general uh, stuff. It's, 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 it's really nothing to do necessarily with a skill set as far as knowing, you know, plumbing and not knowing plumbing. Yeah. Uh, um, so it's, that's got more to do with culture then. You're, you're looking yeah. for bringing people that yeah. are uh, that, that fit into what you're, you're doing. But I'd also say, now, so if, if you got guys coming in that, that are not necessarily plumbing, y'all didn't do a lot of training, right? I mean, like you're, you're investing oh, yeah. in them. Yeah, and I mean, our, we've, I mean our, we've kind of um, pride ourselves in teaching the way we, you know, like to do it. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I'm fortunate that I didn't get, I wasn't born and raised in plumbing. My dad didn't have a plumbing shop and I was born into it and this is how it's supposed to be done. Yeah, and right. I don't have the mentality of how it's supposed to be done, mm-hmm. how it's always been done. You know, I mean, we're very, uh, creative with our techniques and how we do stuff. You know, we're very, uh, original, uh, and, and that goes with our training and, and the way we train and, and stuff like that. You know, we have a code book, an international plumbing code book, and it's just what we have to go by. So we have by, you know, we have rules and regulations that we have to make sure that we, uh, you know, direct and go by. But uh, we can, we just, we would take the pleasure, I guess, is to train and teach versus trying to, you know, reinvent the wheel necessarily with a certain person that comes in that's been doing it because we like to do our stuff a certain way. You know, we have a, we have a, I guess a, a scope in mind of how the job we think the job's going to look and should look, and this is our quality standard that that lines up with the code book. And so we we would rather kind of train that. And and we actually we we had a meeting yesterday and I announced the, that we're we're building a new warehouse behind our facilities right now, uh, and. We're going to take our existing warehouse facilities, and half of it's going to be a large. We had a 105-person meeting in the middle of the warehouse yesterday, and it was, I mean, the people were standing around. It, you know, yeah. We're just so so fast, growing so fast, it's hard to keep up. But they're all standing around and stuff. But half of that warehouse right now is going to be like a big meeting room, uh, like almost like an auditorium, small auditorium. You know, we have, we're going to have chairs already in there lined up, so we have a big meeting and come in. And then the other half is going to be – our own unique training facility. We're going to put in that uh, room, you know, fake walls, fake roof lines so that we can go in there and allow new people to come in that don't know anything to actually drill a hole in a piece of wood, to run a pipe through it. We're going to have fake cabinets with, you know, uh, sinks that are open base so you can actually look at the plumbing underneath the sink basin and hook it up from scratch and then we can take it apart and have it for the next person that comes in and trains and so that's one of the things that we're we're working on that we're going to try to have done by the by the end of the 2022 is our own training facility and you know I I would like to see that training facility be used you know maybe locally uh, with the 
you know, limestone, you know, the, the Texco, yeah. somebody maybe, maybe you could get it accredited where they could come in, you know, two hours a day and, you know, get some, get some credits toward maybe their uh, journeyman plumber license. Uh, even, even with the state, you know, they have classes they give to, you know, and, and what we do, our trade is, is regulated by the uh, Alabama state plumbers and gas fitters board. And, um, they, uh, we have an apprentice program and, two-year apprentice program you get a journeyman card and then one year journeyman program you can become a master plumber uh so through that deal it takes two years in order to progress where you can actually run a job by yourself uh so with a training facility maybe if we could get it accredited we could get some of that time knocked off oh yeah so yeah that's that training and, and hiring people um, it's pretty pretty original that we don't try to look for plumbers. I mean, we just try to look for good people, people that, that need a job, that maybe want to change their careers or something like that. Um, and, you know, there's certain characteristics you like. You know, you know somebody that's going to be on time, somebody that can, you know, uh, just all those small things. And, and, and it's, But it's never, it's never anything that's absolutely... Uh, I guess you know you don't have to believe what I believe to be an all-star yeah. plumber. You know, yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So. It sounds like you had some pretty clear expectations when you bring someone on. They've got clear expectations of what it, what's expected. Of <laughs> hey, you may not be the most skilled person in this craft, but um, we're going to handle that. What do you What do you expect them to bring to the table? To me, I feel like to if a lot's given, I mean, a lot's expected, right? And we try to give a lot through our company, through our team members and stuff like that. We try to be the very best that we can be in our in our particular field. But and, and even expand it to our, you know, we compete against industries, other industries, you know, in, in Huntsville, North Alabama. So we, we expect our people to be, you know, the best they can possibly be. So you got, you know, you got you want punctual, you want honesty, I mean, integrity. You know, you, you got to uh, be able to, you know, communicate well with, with people and be good team members, uh, support. I mean, we had, in that meeting yesterday, I mean, we talked a lot about, you know, lifting the other person up beside you, uh, that if we could all have the mentality of not to worry about myself but to worry about the guy beside you and getting him up to where you got to be. So when we, we just try to find somebody that kind of lines up with that kind of stuff. Not only are we are trying to train plumbers, but we're trying to – I mean, I'm trying to make a difference in people. Right. So there can be some voids there, and and there, there there can you know be some. I mean, I'm telling you, I need to improve every day. I mean, I need to improve every day. So yeah, that might be not be the perfect person you look for, but we're not afraid to give somebody a chance either. That's we're good. not afraid to try to try to make a difference. Yeah. I mean, we are in a tough trade. I mean, you you ever been on a job site in construction industry? <laughs> I mean. It ain't the really best crowd in the world. That's right. So we're out there trying to shine some light and make a little difference. Just not only just training them to be plumbers, but training them to be good people. That's, that's encouraging too, because I, I think, you know, if I'm honest, our perception probably out there is like, well, they just work there, you know, or yeah. those guys just that's the job that they do. And I know, like on on our end in ministry, that we're trying to do the same thing. We're trying to minister to our staff and develop people into leaders and. You know, we're trying to do those things. I think sometimes when you think about uh, a plumbing business, you don't you don't consider that the the owner, or the boss, is trying to do the same thing with their culture. They're also yeah. trying to do the same thing. Yeah. They're trying to, yeah. you know, they're trying to multiply 
a culture within everybody there, you know, for, for multiple purposes. Well, one thing that that another good life lesson God showed me, you know, a long time ago. You know, I I taught Sunday school for a number of years, and you know, did a lot of stuff in in the church, and you know, I felt like God, you know, was calling me to the ministry, you know, and actually I I'd surrendered to the ministry, but then He revealed to me that. I called you to the ministry, but I wanted to be through all-star plumbers. And a friend of mine told me this, that, you know, if you think about it, it's pretty true. You know, Jesus did more work in the marketplace than he ever did in the synagogue. Mm. I mean, he, he did more work out there than he ever did in this facility right here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he's got me, man, in a spot where I can talk to some people that might not ever want to come to church. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Might not ever decide to come. But I got an opportunity to minister to them through. See, I ask you guys this question, can all-star plumbers be my ministry? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, if God uses it for his glory, that's right. That's just as much as ministry as anything in my book. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, down. I, but we, all three of us used to be student pastors. Matter of fact, we yeah. were all around tables like this planning D-Nows six, seven years, eight years ago. Um, and, and I tell, I tell students all the time, I used to tell them all the time, like God has called you uniquely. He is, he has specifically gifted you to make a difference at this time in history. That didn't take him by surprise either. So you are uniquely gifted for this time in history to make a specific difference using the sets of abilities and, and the, uh, the sphere of influence that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, because the reality is you're exactly right, man. There's so many that we would never have the opportunity to touch. Truthfully, probably never listening to this podcast. Yeah. yeah uh, you know, if, if, if you're not being the one right. interviewed, you know, and so, uh, and so speak to that, you know, somebody that may not may, may see what they're doing as insignificant yeah. right now, how, how God can use that sphere of influence and just the people that they influence to make a big time difference. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, I think a, a lot of it is apps, it's got to be perception, right? It's got to be like all-star plumbers, and I'm sitting looking at my cat, my logo. Man, it, you know, we plumb houses, and that's what we do to provide for our families, pay the bills, and, you know, whatever. But, man, it's so much bigger than that in God's eyes. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and if you if your perception is just, it's just where I work, like you were talking yeah, about a while yeah. ago, it's just where I work. Then man, you're missing an opportunity. Yeah, I mean, there you you. I mean, you just wouldn't believe at the things in the last twenty years that I've been a part of. That if I hadn't uh, have recognized that we're more than just doing plumbing every day. Mm. I mean, we've had people. You know, I've led people to Christ in my office for a long time. We were actually doing. You know. An hour's devotions at our shop. We were preaching the word. We had bringing preachers in and preach the word. Uh, we've had people get sick and 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 and, and we ministered to. It. I mean, our own people. And we've had people that you know are from the industry that we know and they, they call us in prayer. And we've had people that that our fam their families have you know suffered hardship and we've been able to minister to them. Like you know, I got a guy right now that you know. Is had a had a bad accident on a motorcycle that works for us. A great dude, worked works hard, and I mean we're a family. We take care of him every week, every week, and you know if 
man, with a, with a university degree or whatever in business would say, man, you just going to get it put to do to workman's comp, you know, whatever. Me, man, it's my responsibility. He's part of our group. We're going to minister to him, and we're going to make a difference in him. And I'm telling you, he's called me a couple times and just been so appreciative, you know. And so I think a lot of it is perception and understanding that you do have a calling. Mm -hmm. If you're a Christian, if you're a believer, that, that, that God's called you and he's got you where you're supposed to be for whatever reason, you just need to be awake to it. You need to recognize the opportunities that you have. And I told the guy, the people in the meeting yesterday, you know, why has God got you here, right here in Athens, working in this plumbing company in Huntsville, just named the number one city in the United States to live in? You know, why has God got you right here? Figure that out and challenge yourself to be, you know, make a difference in others. And so anyway, I, I think, yeah, a lot of it's just recognizing the opportunities that you have and, and you know, just trusting God to use you. So, so one more on the kind of the flip side of that, because I, mm -hmm. I, I am like many out there. I've had to call all star plumber <laughs> and have yeah. them come over. And I will say, like, I the we guys, did a good job. I, they did. The guys that showed up, you can tell. I mean, you can tell when people are part of something bigger than themselves. Yeah. You know, they the way that they carry yeah. themselves, the way that they go about their job, and the, the guys that were there, you could tell they're part of a culture, not just a job. Yeah. Uh, what about the guys or ladies that? are not part of that. And I think Heath was kind of talking about the hiring and firing hiring. part. Like what, what – that's tough, it's I tough. know. So, mm -hmm. so how, how do you deal with that also as a Christian when you're having to make difficult decisions that go a, a, against uh, what you'd want to do? And, and I'll say add to that, I, I see the lead – I knew this about you already, but yeah. I, I see that leadership style. You are deeply relational. And, and, and a relational leader, this is a hard question. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when do yeah. you, when do you pull the shepherd's crook, right? right. Like when do you, yeah. When do you oh, yeah. Do it, you know, and and how do you do it? Well, again, that was one of the reasons, man. When I had to move myself out of the hiring and firing deal is because, it, it to me it would be a lot easier to have a guy that's his job is to, to hire and fire, and he's held accountable for doing his job like he's supposed to be doing it. I, I find myself be more like if we have a good cop, bad cop relationship in there, yeah. I'm like the good cop, you know. <laughs> Come to my office and then I'll talk to him for you, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it's tough, Alan. That's, that's probably the toughest part for me is because I've had to see some guys go and, and bring them back two or three times and, and want to bring them back and just know that, it's probably going to do more damage to them if I bring them back than to let them figure it out. You know, I mean, it's kind of like, boy, we want to bail our kids out, everything. We want to bail them out and make sure nothing happens to them, protect them or whatever. But, you know, sometimes they got to hit that bottom before they – I mean, I had to. I had to hit rock bottom before I really realized a couple of tremendous life lessons from God. I had to hit the bottom. Uh, so we have to be careful – that we don't get in God's way, even when it means, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even when we have to turn somebody loose, okay? We have to be careful. We have a tendency, man, to have compassion or whatever, you know, whatever your gift might be. But God, God speaks to your heart. To me, he does, speaks to me and lets me know with, you know, peace that I've done the right thing, that I've, whatever the person's case might be, that I've, I've tried or I've did the best that I could do. But I just got to leave it up to God at that, 
you know, yeah. God's like, just you, you got to let them go or you got to, you know, not hire them or whatever, and I'll take care of that part of it, man. But yeah. it's tough. It's tough. It's, it's really a tough spot. Yeah. And it's, yeah. I think especially just because of the way you lead. I mean, because uh, it's not just about clearly uh, about the bottom line for you. Yes, sir. Um, it's about, I think, as Annie John already said, it's about protecting that culture. You're trying to build a culture. And so if, in, if, uh, if one of your team members – uh, is is affecting that culture in a negative way? That's yeah. it's it's, uh, or yeah. or if you see in them just an inability and a lack of desire to buy into that culture, yeah. I think that's uh, I can I can hear that in you. It's not just hey man, sorry. Uh, it's it's a bottom line. It's just uh, it's black and white. It's it's about you know uh, the business. It's yeah. it's more about people and about culture and um, and that's I think good. I think what I see. It's like, you know, you talk about, you know, the Lord just leading you to these things, man, just, just mm-hmm. bring it to, mm-hmm. you know, but you, you establish a culture and you protect a culture, but the culture also protects you back. Yeah. Like, you know, if it's led, if it's, if it's God initiated, if it's spirit led, I mean, the spirit's going to protect you in that, mm-hmm. Not, bringing those people in your life that can fire somebody, even though, I mean, obviously reconciliation is what we're looking for in in any discipline action we take, but to have those people that, man, they're not going to lose weeks of sleep over letting somebody go. Because that's their job. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, I just see that culture driving, and and my experience is the same. Do we call the guy from All Star, and I don't know how I missed this. Hope you did a good job. Uh, Well, (laughs) I, I don't know how I missed this, but... They don't work on uh, septic. They work no, sewers. Well, yeah. mm-hmm. well, this guy shows up in my house, and I'm like, "Well, here's the problem." And he's like, well, "Dude, you're on you're on septic right now." He still pops the top of the the septic right. tank, gets in there, and tells me what's going on, and you know, knowledgeable. We want yeah, you to be knowledgeable. Absolutely. Yeah. But but that's why I say like you and you and you get what you get back you yeah. get it back what you put into yeah, oh, no it with people yeah. and 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 that's the most important thing most valuable resource we have is people yeah i hope and that wasn't a breach of policy and you just got him fired so <laughs> <laughs> i <laughs> say no names michael stranger you're in trouble when i get back yeah. <laughs> no, no they, hey, i mean hey look you know man you talk about the bottom line right yeah and, and there's a couple of things there yeah i mean we as as an owner, as the as the shepherd of all star plumbers, you mm-hmm. say, and I and I correlate every a lot of my business with church, you know, yeah. because I mean yeah. I, I know I did the body and, and then all that stuff, you know. I, you know, he's got me got is as the head, right? I got to protect that dude. I mean, I've got to look out for it. You know, I if I was foolish of something that God has blessed me and 105 people with that provides for their family and makes a difference in the community and so on and so forth. If I was foolish with that and I was reckless. Man, and I, mean, I just wouldn't be the dude that God wanted me to be as far as a leader in that deal, you know. I, so I've got to have a business sense, and I've got to have yeah. a bottom line, you know. And 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 he's he's given me the ability to do that part as well. So, you know, I have to protect that bottom line. I have to yes. have to have to make sure that we're making money and we're doing good and we're profitable and all that stuff that goes on the business side of it. But at the same time, is they can coincide. Yeah, your business, your business. And your ministry can coincide, and they can be intertwined in what you do. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, I can't get the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's in there, right? Yeah. So I might as well let, them, let the two work together so that, you know, you know, give God the glory for. So you talk about, like, that instance when we come out and we looked at a job and we really couldn't do it, but we have knowledge on it. Um, man, we want to share that with the homeowner. We're not about, you know, mm-hmm. making money off of that deal, you know? I mean, because... 
I mean, hey, they, they helped you out, and whoever you got to come out and fix the septic part, you were knowledgeable on it, and hopefully they didn't take advantage of you because you didn't have yeah. knowledge, if, you know. So then you're going to call us back, I hope, if, if we, you know. So, I mean. Now I will because I'm on sewer. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> man. That's exactly that is it. We can handle that. We can handle that. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's but your, your faith, your ministry, your business, man, they can coincide, and it can be beautiful. I mean, you can do a ton, a ton of stuff for God's glory, man. Yeah. And you wouldn't believe it's the stuff that I'm able to, you know, allow and, and direct All-Star to take part in that I never could have done that working at Steelcase. Yeah, never yeah. in a million years. Well, it's really cool just to, to hear, and I think that your last few statements there really, I think, sum up our whole conversation um, just to – to hear that, yeah, God's blessed you with this business, and 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 people would think it's because of your shrewd, you know, thinking, your business mind. But I mean, you're 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 now testifying on a podcast that uh, yeah, it's it's yeah. a, it's a blessing from the Lord, not because of anything you've done, but because God's with you, and God wants to to see His glory known among the nations, and so you're you're able to take part and uh, and use this position this leadership role uh as ministry and man if if you're listening to this and and uh you're, you're wanting more responsibility you wish you had a bigger platform or you wish your business would grow and um and just humble yourself mm-hmm. and recognize that uh that god's not waiting on you to necessarily uh be a better leader he's probably waiting on you to trust him more That's exactly and i think the 2013 moment for you man, was, was one of those and um, so, man, we just appreciate you coming on. Yes, Before sir. we close, yes, Andy John mm-hmm. loves to do some uh, some yeah, rapid fire questions. <laughs> these have no business spiritual I hope, value. I hope it has to do with plumbing. I'm not going to answer a few <laughs> no, of these. These are, are definitely uh, all right. So, just rapid fire. Um, favorite local restaurant? North Alabama can be in Athens. North we'll Alabama. Just, North Alabama. Dubs. Man, that's If we're working in Athens, man, and we get done, we, like our crew, we don't take lunch, man. We got to get done before we go eat. And we get done early, we're going to hit dubs, I yes, guarantee sir. you, buddy. <laughs> that cayenne pepper on those fries in there. What are you talking like, about? Mm. Uh, For the record, I can't stand dubs. Are really? you serious? Well, he's from Hazel Green. Hey, so, we are broadcasting right now, Alan. Like you just said to the world, that okay. yes, you don't like dubs. That's why I said he's from Hazel Green. Oh my goodness! You got people. From he just hadn't had dubs with us, Andy John. If we take him up there and we set it up and we put it on our, they got fried pies. They got fried pies. Alan's church like just shrunk by like yeah. half yeah. the people are leaving over that. Well, it's it's a they got chuck wagon sandwiches. Nobody eats those, but I mean they got those. It's a polarizing place. Okay, let's let's not let's not kid ourselves. People either love it or hate it. Well, we love it. <laughs> All right, I know you're uh, your sportsman. Uh, where, where's your favorite place to hunt or fish in Limestone County or Athens City? You got one that's local and local. Yeah, I got a farm in in, in Legtown. Uh, yeah, and we're working on it. You know, and trying to get it ready for this 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 upcoming season. But man, I got to throw in the Arkansas deal. Man, I know you, you know got, that. Yeah, no, I know you got Arkansas too. Man. How 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 long of a trip is that to get out there? I got about four and a half hours. I can be at our place. That's not too bad. Northeast Arkansas. Man, I love it. I absolutely love it. I'll yeah. say Legtown's one of the most beautiful places. I got a beautiful North farm Alabama, on Legtown. It's on uh it's on uh Shoals Creek. Oh yeah. Uh, I paddled that. Have you? It's an awesome creek, man. Sorry. 
He ain't hunted out there, but you paddled it. No, he's uh, probably uh, been uh, a lot of seen a swim deer too. I've trespassed out there. Yeah. But I stay on the water. Yeah, okay. There you go. Okay. I stay on the water. Y'all don't own that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, uh, hot dog or hamburger? Hamburger. Gunsmoke or Andy Griffith show? Ooh, Andy Griffith. Uh, favorite holiday? Definitely Christmas. Uh, favorite number and why? Seven. That's a spiritual answer, man. <laughs> is that yeah, is that relative to like yeah. ball or like? Yeah. No, it's all about it's God's number in my mind. I mean, I try there to I try to do everything that. one six or two five or something like that. I mean, <laughs> go back yeah. to the first podcast. None of the pastors picked <laughs> no, an oddly number. Y'all pick, did, right. pick secular numbers. Good. Yeah, yeah. I've been praying for y'all. Seven knows it, dude. I'm that's telling you, where it's at. I went with Chipper Jones instead of God. Ten? Is that ten? Okay. We do that. Uh, That's okay. Right. Uh, favorite church song? Wow, that that last that that latest one that Haley did was "Praise the King." Man, yeah, I could be on that track hoe, and dude, she comes on and I listen to that track. You know what I'm saying? She comes on, man. It just oh, like awesome. fires me up, man. Yeah. Awesome. What's I'm an old school hymn guy, though. You know what I'm we saying? Talk, so we talked about that. I, mean, I love the hymnal, man. You need to bring the hymnal back. We, there it is. Hey, we Come talked on. about this. this. And look, I'm just 50, <laughs> right? I, I mean, there's a lot of people that's older than me that would love to bring the hymnal I'll back, too. What, I like the hymnal. I like hymns, too. Now, again, now we talked about some of our favorite church songs and our least favorite church songs. Our least favorite ones, I think we talked about, were not the old hymns that was more of the stuff that came later between what we listen to it's now. Right. Yeah, yeah, like the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the 90s, 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 